Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Today, young farmers from across the country are descending on Dublin this afternoon after an almost 100 kilometre march. Now, uh, Liam Hanrahan is the chairperson of the Agricultural Affairs Committee in Mochra and he joins us on the line. Uh, Liam, good afternoon and welcome to Lunchtime Live. Hello, how are you? Uh, Good, thanks, Liam. Firstly, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the march, um, how many of you did it and how you're all feeling. Yeah, so we're on the final stretch now of uh, our March steps for our future in, from Makra. So um, how many of us did it? We started off yesterday evening in a tie with a crowd of about 100 people. And for the first half an hour hour, we had a big contingent following us. And then from then on through the night, we had about roughly 25 people of the core group stayed going. And we've just arrived at uh, the Irish Farm Centre there in the last hour or so. And we're on the move now again before heading for Marion Square. And we have a good, maybe 100, 200 people with us now. Um, so we've gathered another another big crowd at the Irish Ramp Centre. Okay, 100 kilometre march is no mean feat for those of you who uh, did it. What are you trying to highlight here? Why did you do this march? Yeah, so there are a range of issues um, that young people feel need to be highlighted at this time. And in particular, I, from my perspective, it would be uh, to do with young farmers and we need proper engagement with government on proposals that we put forward for the future. We're looking for investment in rural Ireland and we want implementation. We want to be leaders of rural Ireland and rural communities and leaders in climate action and we're looking for action and, uh, and, and that's what we want. That's what we want to achieve. Proper real engagement, investment, implementation, action and uh, a place for the next generation. In rural Ireland. And that obviously is um, from a young farmer's point of view. Uh, another aspect of what you're trying to highlight is life in rural Ireland for young people in general, some of whom won't necessarily be uh, farming, who end up leaving rural Ireland. Correct, yes. So we have a range of rural youth policies also that we are bringing forward. Uh, we're bring, I'm with that that we're bringing forward solutions. We're not bringing forward problems here. Uh, but um, the issues would be around affordable housing, having enough jobs to maintain people in rural Ireland, um, and other services such as healthcare services, education, and so on and so forth. We all know the challenges, and we want change to happen and action to occur. Are these not the same challenges that young people uh, face even in urban areas of Ireland? Of course, and we urge all people of urban Ireland to come and join us. Because the more people that join us, we, um, with the more, more uh, reception and the better engagement we will get. We need to, this is an all-of-Ireland approach. We're obviously coming from rural communities, but we support the whole of Ireland. Now, as I said, uh, your march is to highlight the uh, issues facing uh, young people in rural Ireland. Hasn't it always been the case um, that if you're not involved in farming... Ultimately, young people have always left rural Ireland. Well, that might be the case, but we would like to change that. We believe that proper investment in the services that we have mentioned, um, proper jobs uh, and a large volume of jobs can make rural Ireland a vibrant place to live and work. So uh, we want to change that stereotype and... um, 
and try and, and create a more vibrant rural Ireland. Okay, let, let, let me just very quickly, Liam, uh, focus in on uh, young farmers, uh, which is uh, what you're representing, basically. What needs to be done to help the life of uh, young farmers in Ireland? So, as I mentioned, we need investment in young farmers. We, we, would, we don't want to see any restrictions or quotas impositioned on young farmers. As we know, we know there is only 6% of the farming population are under the age of 35, so we need, we, um, we need all the help we can get. And um, engagement of proper policies, we've put forward um, generation renewal succession scheme proposals, and we are looking for, looking for engagement on these proposals with government. And um, we, we want to see a place in rural Ireland without being in position, reduction measures being impositioned on us, as we believe that will only lead to inaction and uh, the inability to achieve future goals like climate action and uh, reducing ca- our carbon footprint. All right. Uh, uh, Liam, have you done the, the whole 100 kilometres? Yeah, well, so it's actually 79 kilometres. Oh, 79. And ha- how are your feet? To, uh, government buildings now are quite so hard now at the moment, but we're, we're on the final stretch, as I said, so we're, the spirits are good. We have a large crowd after joining us, so we're, the, 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 the thoughts are on the finishing off our, our, the job. All right. Well, fair play to you. Uh, even doing that walk, if nothing else, uh, overnight uh, from Athai into uh, Dublin city centre. Uh, stay on the line there for one moment, Liam, if you can, please. Um, we're talking and we want to talk about whether or not uh, young people are forgotten about in, in rural Ireland. Is it possible to live life? in rural Ireland, especially if you're not uh, in farming. I'd love to hear from you on uh, 87 106 That's our WhatsApp number, 87 106 Now, Laura is uh, is on the line too. Laura, what's your situation? Hi, uh, um, I'm dairy farming with my parents in County Meath. My grandparents are also involved in the farm, so I'm the third generation that's going to be working the farm and taking over the farm. Uh, I'd be the fifth generation like, to actually own the farm uh, in my family, and I don't count as a family farm anymore, according to the government. Why? So They have defined a family farm as one that has less than 90 cows, and I have more than 90 cows. So automatically, I'm not a family farm anymore, and it's outrageous because my father and, his, and my grandfather have built farms to be able to support the three generations and now it doesn't count as a family farm. So is it because you've been so successful or explain that to me for people who don't won't understand. So the average size of a dairy farm in Ireland is 90 cows and this is what the government have decided that that's, a, that's their definition of a family farm. But a, a, family, a farm with 90 cows can only really look after one person, um, uh, the farmer himself or herself, um, it barely would support one family. Um, so if I was to go back to 90 cows, that means I have to go off the farm, get a job, wait till my dad retires or passes away even until I can actually support myself from the farm based on its size. And in terms of, of a family farm, uh, uh, explain to me why that is so significant that um, uh, uh, that you no longer qualify as a family farm. Why is that so significant? 
yeah, so a few of the grants that are available to us as farmers, uh, we have to meet criteria to get those grants. And one of the grants, you have to come under this definition of a family farm. So at the minute, it's a milking parlour. If you want to build a new milking parlour, I wouldn't qualify for any grant aid because of this. And the fear is, what else are they going to use this definition for in the future? Okay, so uh, as a young farmer, you need certain regulations changed in order to make it sustainable for you to uh, make a livelihood out of it, basically. Yeah, that's it. We're like, we, we need the support as young farmers to be able to actually develop our farm, grow the farm, but the government seems to not want us to actually be able to do that. Uh, have you done the, the entire walk, Laura? I haven't. I had to work on the farm this morning, so I was in a tie last night and with it when it started, and I met the group at the Irish Farm Centre, and now I'm on the way to government buildings now with the group. Very good. All right. Uh, good to talk to you, Laura, and thanks very much for explaining uh, your situation. Emma Kate is on the line, and uh, Emma Kate, you're a nurse. Why are you walking on this march today? Um, how are you? Um, so I'm walking on this march to help uh, support younger farmers. I come from a um, a rural community myself and I have to go to one of the bigger cities to work so I, I'm from a rural community in South Kilkenny but I have to cross the border in Waterford to work as a nurse in the specialty that I want to work in And would you have preferred to stay where, you, uh, where, where you're from? Well I would prefer to be able to live in my community and be able to provide healthcare within the local areas and rural communities we, we don't have very good access to, lo- to healthcare and everything in the local rural communities. So it's trying to improve that along the way. Okay, so a lot of uh, healthcare is obviously focused on bigger towns and cities around the country. Yeah. So uh, we were talking about, and we want to talk about, um, you know, rural Ireland and whether it is forgotten about and whether it's possible for uh, young people, particularly like you, who aren't involved in uh, farming, is it possible to... Uh, live out your life in rural Ireland and, and listening to what you've described it's very difficult It is, it is difficult uh, you're so far, you don't have the infrastructure, you don't have the support in the rural communities to um, live and then it's so difficult to get planned. I do come from a dairy farm myself but it is so hard to live in that area, it's so expensive to buy a house, to get planning permission so it is difficult to live in a rural area while working in a city um, travelling as well when it comes to that. And obviously uh, a lot of your uh, friends that you would have grown up with have been forced into a similar situation as as you uh, to either finding it difficult with work or having to move altogether out of uh, the rural part of the country that you live in. Yeah, a lot of people that I know from rural communities have moved, have emigrated. They've gone Australia, New Zealand, Canada, even just as far as the UK. Get, build a better life for themselves. Because it's and so it, it, okay, you say build a better life. Is it because it's not easy to build a good life in rural Ireland? It is. It's expensive. Everything has gone. It's become a little bit more difficult to do that. Um, and to get, the, especially as a nurse, get the good quality of life that you want while working and looking after patients. And you need to look after yourself as well. 
so it's a better work-life balance. So what do you think would, and uh, like I was saying, for generations, people have, uh, le- young people have left rural Ireland. And in fact, I just got a message in a second ago um, and it says, rural Ireland is completely ignored. Just look at the lack of facilities in our rural towns. I'm from Galway and out of our group of seven friends, four have already emigrated and another one is heading off next month. Uh, why would we bother staying? There's no incentive. And that's part of what you're trying to highlight today, is it? Yeah, definitely. There is no incentive to stay in rural Ireland. We're not getting the support as young people in our areas, in our communities, by our government. So that's what we're working for today. Um, and doing this walk for today to support our young people and get together, come together for a common goal and to see if our government will listen to us today. If If there was one thing that government could do, uh, Emma Kate, in order to um, revitalise rural Ireland, uh, encourage young people not to leave. What is that one thing? Oh, I don't think you could just pick one thing to make people stay. I think it would be a combination of things um, for us to stay. But just listen to the young people. Listen to what they need within their areas, within their communities. Um, and just Go out and talk to them. If there's a lot of decisions being made for us, so just talk to us, see what we need, want, and will help us stay to support and bring back into our communities and um, end within our communities, I suppose, as well, mm. build them back up. Okay, but for you, uh, there, are, there are people in worse situations that, than you. You uh, yeah. work in Waterford from Kilkenny. It's not that yeah. far to, uh, no. to travel. Uh, where I'm, I'm reading messages coming in from people whose uh, entire, uh, all their children have emigrated out of the country altogether. So uh, yeah. stay with me for a second, Emma Case, and enjoy the rest of that walk. Um, Thomas is on the line. Thomas, you're from Mochrana Pharma, who are um, putting on this walk today, this march, from uh, Athai, which is where Mochrana actually originally was founded. Is that right? Yes, exactly. 79 years ago. Uh, and I suppose that's the significance of the walk, is that it's 79 kilometres, 79 years. But the, the reality is now that this that's also more support than, than young farmers are getting. And more broadly, that, that is the issue for a lot of rural young people. You've heard the other members alongside me uh, speaking already, Laura and, and Emma Kate, and I suppose and Michal. And the, the issue is really that it's not a simple thing as, as one, uh, one element. I mean, I look back, uh, you know, I was the graduating class of 08 when the recession hit. We were forced to emigrate because of mismanagement of the economy. Um, a lot of those have thankfully uh, been able to return, but a lot of them are actually looking at emigrating again. And not only that, but when I talk to uh, some of the younger members of Ocarina Firma, uh, they are telling me their friends are leaving. We have our Northwest VP, and he said out of 12, he's the last one left in Ireland. And that's really the situation. I don't think people realise the situation. Now, Ireland has always had a history of emigration. Particularly, sorry, particularly from rural Ireland. Particularly from rural Ireland. But we have to remember, what were the actual drivers of those? And and the drivers of those were always significant negative effects. We are not talking about people. I travel quite, you know, quite frequently around Europe, uh, speaking to other young farmers uh, as as part of the European Young Farmers Organization. uh, But the, the major difference between us and other countries, it is great for young people to get to travel to go away. But if young people are required to travel because of a cost of living crisis, a housing crisis, and I I also have to say a very significant change in agricultural policy 
policy uh, under the current administration. And uh, that is really a, a major issue. Uh, you know, as a young farmer, like Laura, I'm actually being excluded, even though ours is a family farm with only 90 cows uh, due to changes in, in very minute details. We're not getting the support that we should be getting as young farmers. Uh, and that's really the issue. And uh, look, I, I, I'll be honest, we all know the stereotype of farmers complaining about not getting enough. I'm not talking here about additional money. Other countries are allocating a larger percentage of the money that goes to young farmers towards young people. Ireland is not doing that. Okay, so let me come back to what you were saying there a minute ago, that the policies toward young farmers is driving young people off the farm, basically. Yes, exactly that. Like uh, the, the reality is now that there's been an introduction of this concept of uh, a herd limit. And at the moment, it only affects young dairy farmers. But the problem is... That is not a requirement at EU level. That is entirely a decision that has been made at national level uh, and the decision to limit herd numbers. The problem is it's fundamentally talking about an outdated definition. So I'll I'll give a simple example for, for my farm. Yes, my farm is around 90 cows. We would we need more because at the moment, uh, there in the past, my father was the one who was uh, drawing the income from it. Now I'm a family farm partnership. Myself, my mother and my father, they're both retirees, but they deserve some income from the farm as they're actively involved in the farm. So that means in order to, for me to, say, settle down, maybe to have a family, we need more than one income. But the minister has decided that, no, in fact, we're going to limit it to a single income. He's taking a very archaic definition uh, of a family farm, and that's a, that's a really big problem for us. Farms have evolved. Farms are businesses. They're managerial, uh, you know, and, and this isn't something that in the past has even been supported. Uh, sorry for any background noise here. I'm on the side of the Nath Road. Um, it's actually been something that has been supported by government. And now we're seeing this sudden switch to limit uh, young dairy farmers, potentially in the future limit investment on young beef and young uh, poultry, pigs, tillage, horticulture, whoever you want to talk about it, and, be- and uh, lamb farmers. Uh, and, and that's really the danger here. This is, again, not an EU regulation. I work at EU level. The, the EU does not require any of this. Hmm. The, the Irish government has made this decision. So let me ask you then, um, you're on this march today. Are you facing the prospect of having to give up farming and leave rural Ireland yourself? No. Uh, thankfully, I, I am in a position, and I suppose I'm very lucky in that, in that my parents are at a certain age. But the problem is, when I talk to some of the younger farmers who are saying how, say, their, their, their parents are maybe not near retiring, mm. maybe they're in their 50s, they want to continue to draw, maybe they have younger brothers and sisters in school. And, and, in, and in a lot of cases as well, let's be clear, this is not just about inheriting a farm, but also a lot of young people want to get into agriculture who are not from a land base. Some of the most excellent farmers, vets, and uh, agricultural researchers I know are actually from Dublin, to my, one of my favourite vets and, and a former uh, employee here from Dublin. But the, the issue is that uh, this artificial limit which is being placed on things is meaning that a second income technically couldn't be derived from uh, a dairy farm or a beef farm potentially in the future. And that will cause these young people to leave because they will say, well, agricultural opportunities are there in Australia, they're there in New Zealand, they're there in America, why wouldn't I leave? And, and that's the reality. We see this all the time. Uh, we have Australian, uh, you know, people trying to get our teachers, trying to get our nurses. They see the value of our young people. And so it's the same thing in the agricultural space. And yet our government doesn't seem to. Let me ask you finally, Thomas, um, what happens um, at government buildings when you uh, arrive there? What's the plan? Well, we're delighted to say that the Heatock is due to meet us. Uh, we will be presenting a full letter to him. We have letters to the Minister for Housing, Public Expenditure and Agriculture. Um, these are the collective... I suppose, concerns, but also, and, and I want to be very clear again, because I don't like the stereotype of 
saying that, you know, farmers are coming complaining. No, what MOCRA has laid out is actually schemes, strategies uh, and policy changes which would benefit young farmers. So what we want is we want active engagement. We are coming with solutions. We're not coming to complain. We want these solutions. We want to work with government to make them practical. We want the policy to shift to where it should be, which is supporting a vibrant rural economy based on agriculture, but also able to support those young people in the businesses. Nobody, no farmer wants to live in a business or in a, sorry, in a, in a community where there's not local nurses, there's not local teachers, there's not a local school, there's not a local shop. That's really what we're fighting for, the whole of rural Ireland. Well, uh, I have to say, Thomas, your 79-kilometre walk from uh, Athai to Dublin city centre has certainly uh, got people's attention, which is half the battle. Uh, and I wish you well uh, in everything you're doing in the city uh, this afternoon. Thanks very much indeed for talking to us. And thanks for having me. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.